Well, this is Trice Talk, live Thursday. It's uh, May the 27th, and I'm Donald Wayne. And, and sitting in tonight for Dennis Lee, Dennis Lee's out, is our friend Crimson. Crimson, are you there? Hi, Donald Wayne. It's nice to be here with Trice Talk tonight. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, filling in and helping out tonight. I really do appreciate it. It was funny, you... Uh, usually when I, I have to let Dennis Lee in and, uh, he comes up on a little bar at the top and I have to click it to let him in. You just kind of came in. <laughs> so just, whatever I was told to do, that's yeah, what I did. You, you must have a, uh, a pass that Dennis Lee doesn't have. How about Some that? Magic touch. Well, uh, well, getting started out, let's see who's in here. Clem. Uh, Clem to, well, let's see. I can't read the whole thing. Clem to Ponash. Is that what that, can you read that Clemson? Uh, that was close enough for me. Okay. And Deb. So pleasant. I think that's what that <laughs> says. Get me started with some difficult ones, but thank you for joining us at Trice Talk. Um, uh, it's a little different tonight. Dennis Lee is normal here and I meant to change that up there in the, uh, little bar at the top of the of the screen but i i didn't have time but uh he's out tonight and filling in for dennis lee is is our good friend crimson that joins the show a lot um at various times so we're going to um it's going to be a little different format tonight we're not going to do the same things that dennis lee and i do <laughs> crimson you won't have to do the uh uh lee's corner or anything like that that he oh. normally does Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's a little bit of a relief. So um, we're going to be talking about a few uh, hot political issues tonight. And some of them we've talked about uh, a little bit in the past, but uh, others we haven't touched on too much. But before we get started, just in case anybody uh, wants to call in tonight, um, I'll do our call-in policy. I was looking to see if that's going to be a good spot to do that, Crimson. I was looking up at the screen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that right now. You probably should wait a little while. Uh, I maybe should say that, you think? <laughs> okay. They were probably not there when I mentioned their names. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and it could I, mean, I could have saved going through that little process. All right. So that messes up my uh oh let me see i still got the background playing there a little bit can you hear that yeah i can well at least it's soft okay there's moxie hey moxie welcome to uh trice talk thursday night and uh how are you we're um dennis lee is out tonight i was just saying it dennis lee is out tonight and uh Crimson is joining us. Crimson comes into the show quite often, so um, she's going to be helping out tonight. And uh, while Dennis is uh, off on business, let's put it that way. <laughs> it's one of those business dinners. You know, that's still considered business. I mean, you know, it's not always a lot of fun going to some of those things, as I can remember from days past. Um. So we're going to be doing a little bit different show tonight. We're going to be 
uh, we're not going to do basically anything that we normally do. So Crimson and I are going to be talking about some issues in the news and some issues that are, are important to us. And I guess I'll go a little bit further before I uh, do the call-in policy, just in case anybody wants to call in. Uh, I guess, Crimson, you've got the first thing on the list there then. That, that right. kind of throws it to you early, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not prepared, but let's let's go. <laughs> so I was reading uh, about this toddler in Los Angeles, and uh, I bet a lot of the viewers out there have also seen this, where this toddler, two years old, has just been accepted into Menza. Uh, Menza as in M-E-N-S-A. And uh, for our our group that's not quite sure what that is, that's a IQ club. Let's call it a club. I'm sure I'm going to offend someone with that. <laughs> it's been uh, going on for a long time. I think it was back in the 40s when it first started. And it, it has different tests and things that they test very intelligent people. And they can get a range of their IQ, and you have to be at a certain IQ level to uh, to get into this or, or to be offered a place into this. So this little two-year-old girl, precious little girl, um, she's got accepted. Again, she's two, but it sounds like to me she might be going on three, and her IQ is 146. How do they measure IQ at that age? I mean, that seems well, kind of young. It's the same way as they get older. It's basically what you know and how much you know of a certain thing. So let's just, in perspective, is that uh, a normal, if that's the word, uh, average, I should say, I, IQ is like from 85 to 110. That's for all of us folks stumbling around, you know, doing our thing. I don't know where mine is, and I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know either. <laughs> I know where a couple of my kids are, and I, I don't want to know what mine. <laughs> so, um, and so 110 is max just for an average person. So she's at 146 and almost three years old. And Golly. basically, yeah, what she knew, um, and she started talking actually when she was like 17 months old, like, uh, Talking, saying her numbers, her colors, her shapes. She could cite the, recite the alphabet. At two? At two. No, at, that's at 17 months. Oh, 17 months. Okay. Yeah. So they knew, I guess they knew early on, you know, what was going on with this girl. And then um, she got where she could um, identify all the 50 states by shape. And location on a map. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I think I can do the. I can identify them by their shape, but I can't name all of well, them. Well, I think I could probably get most of them, but that'd be those midwestern states I'd probably get hung up on. Tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she also knows Spanish. Oh and my gosh. English. She can count to a hundred. Oh, here's here's a great thing. <coughs> Excuse me. She can identify um, elements by their symbols. Oh, uh, their uh, yeah, symbol. Oh, that's crazy. I know. Not even I can't three do years that. old. I know. 
I couldn't do it in school either. No, I didn't well, want to. There were some of them I could do the the common ones, but you know, that's nuts. So, the, yeah. so are parents, uh, they, they have to apply to this or they, they, um, I don't really know how that works. I don't think they got into that. Oh, how they, I don't know how they seek these people out to test them, but obviously she stood out somewhere and, got tested so we have to wonder donald wayne what kind of what kind of life are we going to leave here you know with this young girl yeah you Where? know you you think that it's it's maybe a blessing that that she's that smart but then again we too often we see that those kids even though they're that intelligent they don't really lead what we consider a normal life for a number of reasons. And such as? Well, just because <laughs> some people don't like to associate with somebody that's smarter than they are. I mean, too much smarter than they are. Um, True. You know how kids are about teasing uh, others if they're too different. Um, I, I guess if, yeah, I don't know. I well, I've never had is, that problem. Yeah. The other thing is I always find people that are just super intelligent, not not necessarily this Menza status, but they are just awkward. They have like not a lot of common sense because they're just so so intelligent. Yeah. Uh, they're just they seem a little awkward. Yeah. But her parents, um, I think they were talking about they wanted to make sure that she had a childhood and that they didn't force her into, you know, doing things she didn't want to do or studying or anything like that. So, you know, maybe maybe they've got a little common sense there and, and they kind of have this perspective about what she but they, they also said that she was very normal, that uh, she throws tantrums and cries and you know shows out a little bit so that's a good thing <laughs> but they they said that they uh, saying that they want her to have a normal life but yeah somebody had to to push the spanish and the elements and the states on her i mean you know well if you have a kid that shows an interest in the learning um you know I, I guess she would, you know, <laughs> she, they say her memory is just off the charts that she memorizes things so quickly. I think that's part of the story too. It's she's intelligent, but her memory is just awesome. Just, you know, crazy type stuff. But, you know, um, have you ever thought about some of the people that we know that have been, history or or whenever just we thought were just super super intelligent people can you think of anybody that comes to mind you know that you've always well i you know first thing i would think about would be einstein uh who's and and what's the guy stephen hawking's when he right. one of those as well yeah so his was between 160 and 170 Oh, my goodness. That's crazy, isn't it? Hey, Mermac. Um, WWQHY1. <laughs> Hello. Okay. I'm sorry. But there was a, a lady that was actually married to the guy who did the, um, 
did some kind of discovery into a heart valve or something, some famous doctor. I can't think of who he was, but uh, oh, I almost said Kevorkian, but that's the guy no. that did no, <laughs> no. suicide. <laughs> Wrong one. Well, anyway, that doctor was married to a woman, and it's, it seems like her name was like Von Sant or something real suave like that. Yeah, and hers was two twenty eight. 228. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But then back to what you, you mentioned, Albert Einstein, his was, um, they measured him between 205 and 220. Gee. Yeah. And there was one, one thing that I was thinking of, too, that um, the guy that Goodwill Hunting movie uh, is uh, – uh, after with the guy that the the brainy guy uh, Matt Damon, right? His story is about a real person, and that guy's IQ was between two fifty and three hundred. Jeez, well, I I didn't realize that was based on a true story. Well, I don't know that it was based on a true story, but it was based on a true character. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just about that particular guy and how intelligent he was. Yeah. That, that guy was scary. And Matt Damon was scary in that movie with yeah. when he worked out that uh, math problem. And then he confounded the professor that had been working on it for so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Somebody so, yeah. was trying to call in there. I was just looking up at the screen. I didn't know who that was. Uh, WWQ, what is it? HY1, were you trying to call in or is that an accident? We've had a lot of accidents lately. If you're trying to call in, well, as soon as you let me, we'll give our call policy in just a minute when uh, Crimson finishes her story. Go ahead. Well, that's really about it. It's just, I think that's fascinating that this girl is uh, so young and, and doing so much already. So, oh, I know. Hey, Jess Duck. Um, hey Jess I think that's, that's but it's scary I mean it's fascinating but it's scary I wonder did they ever do uh, and I know you don't have this information but I'm just thinking off the top of my head I wonder if they ever do genetic or, or gene studies to see if these, these people come from a, a long line maybe not IQ that high but if, if people are fairly well up on, up on the food chain of uh you know, in that respect, I would think so. I, I wouldn't think you could get two of me to produce something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's a point, but well, I just wondered, you know, if you had two fairly brainiac uh, parents, you know, if, are the odds better that you're going to have a child like this that uh, probably will start college? You know, when a lot of us are just going into high school. Right. It's like a lot of the stuff I was reading about some of those guys that have such high IQs that they started college like nine, 10, but their maturity level was so low that they had a real difficult time in that kind of environment. So, yeah, I don't know that I would want my child that young to, to go to college. There must be some other way that they can get that education with that because they're just socially and, and mentally not prepared. Uh, well, yeah. just, not mentally, but yeah. uh, just socially not prepared for that kind of environment. Right. 
that would be nuts. I Spanish and the, and the elements, <laughs> I know. the chart of elements. I don't, yeah, I think I know three or four copper and lead and some of those. Well, I knew that when kids were in school and they had to learn it because I would learn it with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I don't know any of it now. It's just uh, I wouldn't want to be around this little girl. She might challenge me. <laughs> oh, well, can you imagine when she really gets able to talk a lot? I mean, when she gets, you know, six, seven, eight, uh, the conversations they're going to have with her yeah. and she'll be able to probably uh, refute anything her parents say. I know. Unless they're sharp. Golly. Yep. Yep. Well, just, oh, that, that's go all ahead. I got. Uh, just for those of you who are just coming in, Dennis Lee is not here tonight. He had a company function to go to, a dinner, but it was work. <laughs> so uh, Crimson has uh, volunteered to fill in for Dennis Lee. I, I, I started to say coerced, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Graciously <laughs> consented to help me out tonight uh, while Dennis Lee is out. He does have a call-in tag, so if if he finishes his dinner, I told him, you know, he's welcome to uh, call us on the move. If uh, But, you know, it depends on how much he drinks at that dinner, I guess, would be the question. Well, I guess he shouldn't be drinking since he has to drive back from there. That's true. <laughs> uh, don't you dare drink. But uh, anyway, so since we had somebody trying to call in just a minute ago, let me give the call-in policy. That's something that Dennis Lee usually does, so I had to kind of think about what I wanted to say about that. But um, unless you're a regular to the show, unless it's a name that we can recognize, like Moxie or Jess Duck, uh, uh, Mermac, uh, if you're still in there, but we need to know... Uh, be familiar with you and then the way you comment and stuff before uh, you can call in. But if you are new to the show and you want to call in, all you need to do is type in uh, the chat room, what you would like to discuss or the question you'd like to ask. Um, and then when we have an opportunity in the show, I'll prompt you when you can call in and we limit callers generally to two to three minutes to make your comment or, or your point or ask a question. Uh, please keep in mind that Trice Talk is not an explicit podcast, so there is no profanity <laughs> on this show. Uh, we get close to the gate sometimes, but we don't open the gate. Uh, no hate speech, speech, racist, or other comments that could be deemed to be offensive. We do not want to offend our audience unless it's by telling them things they don't want to hear. Um, so that's pretty much it on our call-in policy. So just need to type into the chat room what you would like to ask or what subject you'd like to talk about, and then we'll take it from there. Okay, so now we're off 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 track here. Let's see. Okay, the first thing I was going to talk about, I saw a tweet, and this is just this popped up not too long before the show, and. Um, about one of my favorite people. <laughs> I saw this tweet uh, by All American Girl. I, I don't know her, but uh, has a picture of Black Lives Matter co-founder, and it says, "Let's see. I don't think it gives her name. I can't remember her name, but it's in the article." Uh, says Black Lives co uh, Matter co-founder resigns 
and she's going to focus on a book that she's writing and also a multi-year TV deal with Warner Brothers. Um, I wonder if that has anything to do with some of the uh, investigations they're doing into Black Lives Matter. But uh, so when you, it, it's a, an article that's on something called Twitchy. I don't think I've ever, twitchy.com. Have you ever seen that, Crimson? I have not. Twitchy.com. That sounds almost interesting. Sounds like somebody <laughs> with some kind of rash or something. But, <laughs> um, or what was that? What, oh, the Bandits movie where the. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, he said itchy. Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. Good yeah, looking when, or itchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I was thinking that was the same thing, but no, twitchy is not the same thing as itchy. Um, so she's got a, evidently she's got a, a multi-year TV deal with Warner brothers, bless her heart. I guess they're, uh, they must going to be doing some specials about her or black lives matter or something. I haven't heard this, this news. Yeah. It's, um, well, you know, I kind of, you know, we talked about it a couple of months ago. I think it came out that she, uh, was buying that one point four yeah. million dollar mansion out yeah. there in uh, California. Yeah, that's what uh, I remember. Yeah, it was in a almost exclusively white neighborhood, but they say, well, it's it's secluded. Only people who want to get away from everybody else go into this particular neighborhood. And really, somebody uh, commented at that time when people were complaining. $1.4 million in California is not a lot of money for a mansion. <laughs> so um, the pictures that I saw about it, uh, it wasn't a spectacular looking place, but I think it's just the location uh, more so than anything else. Anyway, so, uh, and then there were some rumors about her looking at some property here in Georgia. I have not seen any, any follow-up on that, so I don't know if she bought something else here in Georgia or not. And also something in the Caribbean she was looking at. Oh, so said. where's she getting all this money? Uh, well, she makes a lot of, or has made a lot of money with Black Lives Matter. She draws a pretty hefty salary as CEO. Um, and, you know, of course, I think she's already written one book, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, I thought that referred to this being her second book. Uh, her name is Patrice Coolers or Colors. I'm not sure. I'd probably Colors. Um, this little article says, don't worry too much for her. She has a second book. Okay. Second book in the works and a multi-year TV development deal with Warner brothers to tide mm -hmm. her over while she looks for a new mansion to live in. Uh, let's see. And she goes on to say, I've created the infrastructure and the support and the necessary bones and foundation so that I can leave black lives matter. Color said, or she told the Associated Press, it feels like the time is right. Well, I guess if you got the money to buy all the property that you've been buying, I mean, she's done pretty well for an organization that was designed to uh, supposed to help uh, people um, that really need some assistance. And uh, I wonder how much of that money gets spent in those neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, she says that her, she's only 37 years old, by the way, mm -hmm. said her resignation has been in the works for more than a year and has nothing to do with the personal attacks she has faced from the far right groups or any dissension within the movement. Ah, there may be some people unhappy inside Black Lives Matter. Uh, those were right, right wing. That's a hard word for me to say, right 
wing. <laughs> White wing. Right, I know it's right wing. Um, that uh, tried to discredit my character, and I don't operate off of what the right thinks about me. Color said. Uh, let's see. So they talked about the mansion. Um, some of the people that commented on on her leaving, um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> it says, well, one of them says it's time to cash out. Um, long story short, she got disgustingly rich and bounced. Another person said, well, uh, there's a video of one there. I'm not going to go there cause I don't know what it says. Another one says, take the money and run. Uh, got her millions and she is out. But I don't understand how you can start uh, or, or be a co-founder in the, uh, this type of organization uh, that's supposed to be focused on, you know, what's going on out there and, and how you can improve, um, you know, change things and make things happen and you get rich. Well, that's a good point. And actually, um, one of the things I was thinking about in the statement that says that she's resigning so she can uh, focus on her book and focus on uh, a TV deal with Warner Brothers. But nowhere in that statement does it say, uh, you know, I'm still going to be here working in the communities for the people mm -hmm. that I represent. In fact, uh, I don't know. And of course, I don't know her. All I know is about her is what I read. And, and of course, the fact that she's a, a Marxist, uh, supposedly, according to everything that I've read and doesn't believe in. She doesn't believe in core families, uh, doesn't believe in the family unit. Um, but there's nothing I've ever read where she's actually in some of the neighborhoods in Chicago or Detroit or even Atlanta where uh crime is so bad or where the poverty is so bad what what does black lives matter do in those neighborhoods to help those people who really need uh some attention and help i don't know i mean where do you ever see them except at protest yeah i'm not quite sure uh what their structure is how how all that works um you know, and, you know, she, she probably makes a lot of money out of these books, you know, from the publisher and then for selling books. And, I mean, you know, you can make some bucks there. So maybe some of this money is not all about Black Life Matters. Well, and, and I don't know because I don't only know what I've seen in the news. And I don't know that they never go to Detroit or Chicago or come to Atlanta and, and, and work in some of the neighborhoods that, that need some presence. But. Uh, it, you know, the statement says she's, she's leaving to go do these things. That's going to enrich her even more. So where's the commitment? Where's the statement saying, I'm going to, I'm still going to be involved in helping these neighborhoods and these people that I'm, I'm fighting for so strongly. I never hear that. Um, before I go any further, I want to say, I see Ellie J's in I the see house. Ellie J. Uh, <laughs> King Chuck, welcome back. I believe you were in here, uh, either last night or Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> and, uh, let's see, I did not get Jermaine a grant. Um, my screen is small, so forgive me if I don't pronounce these things pro uh, properly. 
PGB9E, Dennis usually does this stuff. He has better eyesight than I do. Uh, NCLEXRN. There's Forever Clean has joined. <laughs> oh, hey, Forever Clean. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a nice thing. That was uh, an easy one. <laughs> just to bring everybody up to snuff, so to speak, uh, Dennis Lee is usually here uh, with me. Um, but he's out tonight on a business dinner, drinks, dinner, drinks, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Crimson, who is a, a fairly regular with us, is uh, consented to help me out tonight. So, uh, y'all just don't have to listen to me. So, uh, I appreciate that <laughs> very much. And he may call in if once he leaves the dinner, if he's able um <laughs> so we just i don't know if he has a a driver that took him down there or not i don't know <laughs> he's an important guy what can i say yeah um so anyway that i saw that and i i, I was you know part of it makes me kind of happy that she's getting out of it but then again it's still it's amazing how now some, why would that make you happy um, well, because, <laughs> well, uh, because some of the negative things about oh, her okay. and, and, but I don't, I, I doubt seriously if the organization is going to change that much because I believe the other co-founder of the organization was also uh, a Marxist, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it's, it's still, the organization is still going to be driven along those lines, I'm sure, but I don't know. It's just. You know, it's nothing wrong with uh, making money. It's just hard sometimes to get used to people getting that rich off an organization that's supposed to be helping people. And you wonder that you just don't hear that much about things that they're doing in the communities. And, well, and, and again, it may be because of the news. Uh, you know, uh, they may be doing stuff that I don't know about. But, uh, you know, now I'm curious to say, so other than, you know, the – uh, I'm looking for a word here. Um, the um, when the organization is supporting Black Lives Matter and they're they're doing protests, then what else do they do? I'm I'm pretty naive, I guess, about what that organization is supposed to do, other than what we've seen, which are the protests. Right. Yeah, that was that was the point I was trying to make a little while ago. And, and again, if they're doing stuff in communities that we don't hear about, um, you know, I, I would like to hear about it. I, I wish I mean, I can't imagine that they're not doing things that that the news wouldn't talk about. I mean, wouldn't they want to bring out some positive aspects of about yeah. uh, what they're doing? And, yeah. and we know that a lot of major corporations have given millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter. So if you if you wonder where her money is coming from. Uh, I don't think they ever gave a figure about what her salary was as, as uh, I think was she, I said she was CEO. She's stepping down as CEO. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I, nobody has ever said what, I don't know that the, uh, that information is available, how much money she makes as CEO of that organization, but obviously did very, very well to be buying the property that she's buying. So, but she did have a book and she is writing another so it's not like that's her only means of financial support. Right. I'm just saying. 
Well, you know, I probably ought to look for that first book that she did. It'd yeah. be interesting to see what, what was the subject matter on that. Yeah, I got a couple of notes here. I'll pass on to Dennis Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So you can go. I mean, you just think that the news would talk about some positive things. Uh, so Moxie must be thinking. She's doing a hmm on us there. Well, if anybody has any uh, anything they can share with us to enlighten us on this issue, if you know of anything that Black Lives Matter has been doing in the communities uh, to help uh, different communities, especially in in uh, cities that are hardest hit, that are having the biggest problems. Uh, certainly, name, uh, somebody's asking what her name is. What you say, Patricia? Oh, Patrice, Patrice. Um, colors, colors. Yeah, it's colors. Uh, I have to scroll way back up to the. I think top it's Patrice. Here. Patrice Coors. She's the CEO of Black Lives Matter, or was. Well, they list her here as co-founder, but I, I believe she was also CEO. But, but you said CEO a little bit later, so. Well, it was probably in one of these things I was reading here. Yeah, um, I haven't either, Moxie. Oh, you're in North Carolina. Okay. Well, and that's the point. That's the point. All, all My only experience with seeing Black Lives Matter is when they're at protest. And um, I just think that there should be... <laughs> There's a whole lot of work that needs to be done in the inner cities of a lot of uh, cities around the country. And I just don't I have never read one thing that says that they're busy working in neighborhoods trying to to help uh, reduce crime or try. I mean, uh, watching this story tonight before the show about a little six year old girl in Minneapolis that was killed in the car with her mom by a stray bullet and she was eating McDonald's. I mean, it breaks my heart to see something like, and I, I, th I think about what if that had happened to one of my kids? I mean, I, I just, I would be, I would be angry. I'm not going to be one of these people that's just saying, uh, you know, <laughs> forgive. Um, well, Donald Wayne, speaking of crime, so do you know the councilman here in Atlanta, the Antonio Brown? Have you heard of yes. him? Oh, I heard about him today. Oh, really? Well, well on, on the radio. There was some, uh, he, he got his car stolen. Uh, I don't, it doesn't tell a lot, but it sounds like to me that he kind of drove up somewhere and got out of his car um, to meet up with someone. And maybe he left his keys in his car. I don't know. But some kids um, between the ages of 8 and 12 jumped in his car and took off. So. <laughs> Speaking of crime. <laughs> what? Uh, that's awfully young to be boosting cars, don't you think? Yeah, nobody's even old enough to drive. And they're boosting uh, cars. <laughs> shouldn't be. Oh, Ellie J wants to call in. We do know that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not even big enough. Well, I clicked your name there, Ellie J. You may have to try again. It didn't didn't take unless you're just not showing up on the screen. Hmm. Let's see. Am I there? Yeah. Ah, now you're on the screen. 
Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. I heard that that um, fellow that got his car stolen in Atlanta was one of the ones that wanted, he's running for mayor or something, and he wants to defund the police, and then he had his yeah. car stolen, and he called the police. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and he actually, they showed him on the news shaking the policeman's hand after they... <laughs> Can, oh Lord! Uh, yes, Karma. he is. He is running for mayor. He is. Uh, he's been on the city council since 2019. Uh, I think it was a special election kind of thing. But yeah, he wants to defund the police, and he he uh, approved or voted for a 70. I think it was. I think they quoted it 70 million. I could be wrong. That sounds awfully high. Uh, a decrease in the budget for the Atlanta Police Department. Seventy million, I believe, was the figure. So, wow, he he gets robbed by some, <laughs> from some I don't know, kindergartners is what I want to say. And he he held on to the car, and they drug him a block down the street. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Well, it was a nice car. <laughs> what was it? I don't even know what it was. Um, oh, it was a Mercedes 450. I thought it was a Land Rover. He has. No, no, no. It's a, the other guy's got an SUV. Wow. City Council oh, okay. pays well in Atlanta. I guess. He probably uh, wrote a book, too. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll the get way in, to riches. We'll, we'll get in. There's a, there's a sidebar to that little story when we finish talking about that little incident. But I think he was at a was he at a ribbon cutting thing or something? He was in something. I don't know. He was going there for a community thing, so I don't, I'm not sure. But he must have left his keys in the car. I mean. <laughs> Duh. These people that do that and then they want to complain because somebody takes it. I mean, I don't even leave my keys in, in, in either one of my vehicles when I stop to get gas. It's oh. just, and, and we live in a fairly quiet area. <laughs> well, I actually read that 67% of all stolen cars have the keys inside the car like people getting gas or this guy pulling up to a curb and get out with the keys left i mean 67 percent. so what does that tell us that we uh need to take the keys out of our cars <laughs> well see i don't know if that's stolen if if you leave it in there I, maybe somebody <laughs> considers that a gift uh, an opportunity you know. yeah just <laughs> i saw them laying there and i just assumed that they were Free spirit. But then on the other hand, talking about these kids between the ages of 8 and 12, you know, he told, uh, I heard that he said that he didn't want them prosecuted or they did find his car. The police did find it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, you know, but for them, for no consequences whatsoever for these kids. So, so how don't would want, they, they don't want them to learn a lesson or anything, right? Right. right. No. Well, my kids learn lessons. I'll tell you that there's consequences for bad decisions. I mean, if you allow them to get away with that without any repercussions, you know, obviously you can't put them in jail with hardened criminals or whatever, but there has to be something to 
to take that message home because what do you think they're going to be doing three or four years from now? Uh, well, and of course I read an article, I don't know, last year that the reason so many uh, young kids are being used for crime in these major cities is because uh, the criminals put them up to it because they know they won't do hard time. I mean, the worst that any of them, if you're old enough, you, you might go to juvenile, um, uh, but you're not going to do any hard time. So uh, they're, they're relying on these young kids more and more to do, to, to do these auto thefts and these other crimes that they do. And I also heard that one of the kids, they were uh, acting like they had a gun. I don't know what that means exactly, but uh, something he was doing made uh, Antonio think the kid had a gun. Well, he must not have been too worried about it if he was hanging onto the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what it was? That car has that push to start uh, ignition, and he was only a couple of feet away from the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that the, is a problem. But the key still has to be in the car, though, right? The fob no. does. The, the fob has to be close enough. I, thought the, I think the key, the fob has to be in the car to start it, but not to unlock it. You can just be next to the car outside with the fob to unlock, of course. Oh. I may have to experiment with that tomorrow. <laughs> check, check your fob, well, Donald Wayne. Check your I, fob out. <laughs> I, did, I did see a news story um, last year talking about uh, a lot of car thefts with, with this new push to start. And if people have their keys in their house stored in a room that's close to where their car is parked, yeah. uh, that that the thing will sense it and they'll go ahead and let somebody unlock the door. So, uh, Well, that doesn't work with my car. And I keep my car in the garage <laughs> and I bring my fob. My fob is in my purse, right? So I bring my purse in. And then I'll forget something in the car, and I'll go back out in the garage to the car, and I can't unlock the daggum door. I have to go back in the house and get my purse, to have the fob, to open the door. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Well, hey, Lena, the blue, glad you joined us, and Deb. Um, yeah, what I have a bad habit of doing sometimes is I start the car, and then I forget something. I have to get out to get it, and I... I don't leave the keys in the car. I mean, I'm at the house and, uh, and then the silly thing goes off. The warning thing goes off because I'm <laughs> taking the keys away from the running vehicle. Um, I think the things you might've described might, and that I described might have something to do with age. I, I don't know. I'm just I saying. I beg your pardon. What? <laughs> age. Well, I'm sorry, speak up. <laughs> In my case, I can say it definitely does. <laughs> uh, there's, there is such a list of things that I could blame on age, but I'm not going <laughs> to use it here on this show. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, this guy is a piece of work. And I guess if we're, is it or is there anything else on that little incident there, Crimson? I, uh, I have a no. little sidebar about him. Oh, really? Go ahead, tell us. Uh, this guy, he's a piece of work. He was indicted last year <laughs> uh, for some things that that the article that I read said that happened before he became city council person. 
these, these were events, but so they must have been prior to when he got elected in 2019. But uh, let me see what I did with them. Um, I don't know what I did with them. <laughs> I would have sworn that. Oh, I know what I did with them. All right, bear with me a second here. <clears throat> Okay, and I I may post this article on Facebook so y'all can see. I mean, this guy's he's only thirty five. He looks like a kid. He looks like he's still in in uh, coming out of high school. But he was indicted on multiple federal fraud charges. Um, and when he was indicted, and he was indicted last summer, but he says he's not going to step down. So obviously, it's still ongoing. And of course, that's one thing we learned here in Georgia. You know, you can be uh, accused of anything, and you'll uh, you'll still run for office here. There was a <laughs> there was a sheriff that was a you know um, several years ago that was um, suspected of murdering his his wife, and he still <laughs> ran, and he still got elected. So, uh, but then he had to step down. I mean, these people in Georgia, they just they continue running for things and get elected, even though there's charges. And I understand that, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. But um, this this guy here. So he's indicted. uh, Let's see. On charges of wire fraud, mail fraud, bank fraud, (laughs) making making false statements on a bank loan application. Uh, he told it uh, says here, he told the Atlanta journal constitution that he planned to fight those charges and would not resign. Uh, one of the charges they talked about on the radio today, uh, about the bank loan, uh, he, he lied about that. And he used the money that he got from these bank loans to buy two expensive cars. One of them is a Mercedes, I guess was the one that they, they stole today. Um, I thought the other one was a, a Range Rover, but you're saying that's the other article that I'm going to talk no, about. I don't, I don't know. I didn't see Range Rover anywhere. <laughs> but he spent that money that he bought, that he, that loan. And they say the loan was, uh, you know, based on fraudulent information. So, well, no, it does say, okay, I'm reading down here a little further. Should read the whole thing before you start talking. Uh, <laughs> said, The councilman was accused of taking out loans and making credit card purchases, including purchasing a Range Rover and a Mercedes-Benz C300. Is that that one of the expensive ones? I don't know. Well, they're all expensive. Yeah. So he got a Range Rover and a Mercedes, and he's 35, and I don't know what he did before he ran for city council, but... um, that's pretty uh, then, young. Then he falsely claimed he was the victim of identity theft and was not responsible for the charges. Now, who in, a, <laughs> who in the world is this insinuating that he bought these vehicles on, on credit cards? Gee, I mean, you have to have. Can a pretty you head. do that? Uh, well, if, if your if your limit is high enough, I guess. I mean, you know, the Range Rover is, is a wow. hundred something thousand dollar vehicle. I don't know what the Mercedes is. You know, if you buy a car on a credit card and you're paying like, what, 18% interest or something. And, and, you know, if you buy a car from a dealer now, you can get it for 0% interest if you have (laughs) decent credit. So I'm I'm thinking that's kind of making me think, how can he have enough credit limit on his credit card? I know. Something doesn't make sense here. I know. Something doesn't pass the smell test. That's wild. When is your uh, election for mayor? 
when is the when is the but when is the election honestly uh, don't know since uh i mean i have to really say whoever becomes mayor of atlanta doesn't really affect me up here in the suburb but uh, i do care about it a little bit because you know i i, I take a little pride in the atlanta area uh, well, but i, I don't know here. I was, well, just thinking, I was just thinking because maybe is he going to go to have his day in court to, you know, so he can fight these charges before the election um, or, or if he's found guilty, he certainly wouldn't be allowed to run. Although look at Marion Barry up in DC. Oh, I know he's what I mean, four years in prison for drug charges. And then they elect him again. <laughs> Smoked crack with Biden's son. And <laughs> oh, what did he? Yeah, that, that's you, in the news today. Uh, Biden's son. They have uh, an audio of, of Hunter Biden saying he smoked crack with Marion Barry. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's. <laughs> what was he, five? <laughs> um, I, don't, I, would, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. Just a quick second here. Is that Betsy Sprout? Sprout? I'm sorry, Betsy. If uh, I'll just say welcome, Betsy and Zach. Ack. <laughs> All right. Well, I may not get an A for pronouncing names tonight, but I apologize. Get A for effort. Dennis, when you need them. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, what's happened with all the conversation about Hunter Biden? Nothing. I mean, this is like uh, a pulse. You know, we get a we get a pulse, and then it just dies out for a while. We don't hear anything. I guess they I don't have anything new that they can talk about. No, they're just going to drag this out till it just finally disappears. Yeah, and so yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up Marion Barry because this is this is the. These are the people up there in Washington, D.C. They want to make this this community a state, give them statehood and two permanent senators. And <laughs> and uh, I guess one just one representative. I'm not sure. Not that that one matters as much. But, uh, yeah, they want to make D.C. a state. And we already know how these people vote. I mean, it's just it's crazy that that a community could elect somebody um and I know they were talking about being forgiving, but just um, that just doesn't make sense. That's, what, you want you want to bet that they make it a state? You think it'll happen or not? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it'll happen. I so, think. I think it, yeah. As long as they well, it you know it's tied to the to the. Uh, the uh, voting oh. rights bill, and uh, it's all in that package. So, you know, it's I, I don't think that it can pass. I think that we have a little bit of help with the Democrats in the Senate. Uh, and as long as they don't get rid of the filibuster, it can't pass. But if they do away with the filibuster, then all bets are off. I mean, it, it should take more than them saying that it was okay. I mean, I, I thought it had to be approved by other states. I'd have to go back and look at my little constitution here to see if, uh, see exactly what the process is. But I thought it was something I read a couple of months ago that you, for in order for another state to be admitted to the union, the, the existing states had a right to vote on that. And um, at least that's the way I read it. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out because it doesn't seem 
right that it would just be a bill passed in D.C. to make something a state, right? should be more to it than that. This is a big deal, right? So. Well, it is a big deal because it's pretty much a permanent two Democrat senators for mm-hmm. for life. And, you know, Democrats are saying, or let's say liberals, I hate to say Democrats because I know there's some reasonable Democrats out there. But um, the people in charge right now are just saying, oh, well, we did the same thing if if they if it was a Republican stronghold. Bull mm. hockey. There's no way in the world it ever come up if if it wasn't. Uh, Democrat stronghold and just a shoe in, you know, you know, they'll always have two Democrat senators. And, um, but I, I think, I think the chances are very slim of it passing unless they get rid of the filibuster. So all that stuff is tied together. And if they do that, then they'll pass the HR or I guess actually it's SR one now and uh you know we're we're screwed anyway uh with the voting situation because they'll they'll yeah everything will be federally mandated and uh of course i'm hoping if 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 they do manage to pass that i think our states have been showing a little bit of gumption here in recent months and pushing back a lot against a lot of things that that we don't like and especially like the crt uh, in schools and so forth and then, mm-hmm. uh, and businesses. So maybe there's a chance the States could, uh, push back if they ended up voting that in the HR one. So maybe be interesting to see if they, okay, I hope they don't pass that, but if they do, and let's say they pass it before Maricopa County in Arizona completes their forensic audit, and say, then Maricopa finishes after the bill passes, and they find some abnormalities or some things, right, whatever they find, that would then contradict the law that just got passed in D.C. That'd be a big mess, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I don't know if you know L.E.J., but I, I was talking the other night. Atlanta, a judge in um, – in, um, Oh, gosh, I forget the county. It doesn't really matter. Uh, there's a, a federal judge here that has said that they've approved Fulton County having to do a recount. Uh, there's an organization here um, that was started, and they're challenging the Fulton County vote. And so hmm. a judge has upheld it, and they're going to do a recount of the Fulton County. They just haven't decided when and how it's going to be accomplished. But... Uh, that was, I think it was 145,000 votes that are in question in Fulton County because mm-hmm. that's that's the site that continued counting after they told the people that they could go home because uh, they were not, they were through for the night. And then or they, the pipe burst or something. Well, Isn't that where I, the pipe burst? It was that when that in Georgia? And that was a different event. Oh, different one. Yeah, okay. this was this was one where they just, it was late and they said, the, the observers that were there, they said, we're going to, we're through counting and, and uh, we're not going to do any more tonight. So um, they're saying they didn't tell the, the observers they had to go home. They just said, we're not counting anymore. When the observers leave, then it's on camera. These people start counting again. So why mm-hmm. in the world would you do that? So that's, mm-hmm. that's the ones they're going to recount. That's 145,000 votes. Biden only won Georgia by, I think it was, 
golly, I, I had the number, uh, I think it was 87 or 92,000 votes. That's all, That's that was his lead in Georgia, hmm. Fulton County. So not to, not to you know, not that that's going to change anyone, anything. Yeah. We're, you know, we, we said we're, we're not interested in that anymore as far. I mean, none of us think that they're going to find votes and then say, oh, it's stolen. You know, put Trump back in there. That's not that's not feasible. It's not going to happen. We just want to make it right. We want to make sure if there was cheating that it's brought out and that we take steps not to allow it to happen next year or, or ever again. But, you know, why wouldn't we make that wrong? right if that's what the case is that means that's not fair to the american people if truly there was that that they say and i'm not saying there that it did or didn't but i'm just saying if they're if they prove that something went wrong and the person sitting there should not be sitting there in the white house why would we continue to let that go on for another three years but that would take the six states that are all in question, not just, I think there's one other that's already completed the audit. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like it sounds like it's a, almost getting a snowball effect a little bit. It's, yeah. like it's getting a little bit of traction. And I'm just saying what all the, the big what if, let's say if enough states got traction and got forensic audits and and were able to truly verify something and i'm not again i'm not saying what's what because i don't know but i'm just saying if they, if they verify that maybe it looks like the wrong guy sitting in the white house based on the results of the forensic audits why wouldn't we correct that wrong as messy and nasty and horrible as it would be well as far as why wouldn't we i don't really have an answer for that i mean it's an interesting thought but if you think I mean, my, my first thought is I just I don't we'd probably, you know, break into out into all kinds of chaos. I just imagine. I don't know. I, I just can't even imagine in that because it's, it's it's something that's never happened in history. And uh, I don't think people would know how to handle it. But uh, Democrats are fighting. I mean, that's part of the reason that Maricopa County has taken so long is because they, they keep bringing actions. They keep going to court and finding some judge to stop the process for, you know, a week or two so they can hear this issue. And uh, it'll probably be the same thing in Atlanta and Fulton County when that gets started, because there's already already been several people in Fulton County that said, you know, this is ridiculous. This has been counted, recounted, uh, an audit's been done. Yeah, but, you know, by whom? <laughs> by whom? So I don't really know, LEJ. I don't know what, you know, I just, I, I honestly, I don't think it's feasible. If Even if they prove all this stuff that was stolen, even if they miraculously said, okay, we've got all the evidence we need, and now Donald Trump won by such such and such. I just I don't know how they would do it. The whole government's already been set up, the cabinets, and it's just uh, I don't know that anybody would want to. I think that's one of the reasons the Supreme Court bowed out of that back, you know, when they might have made a little bit of a difference when they had an opportunity uh, to hear some of these cases that were, you know, people were desperately trying to get these things heard before Joe Biden was sworn in. And 
I just don't think anybody wanted to go down that road because I don't think anybody knows what to do with it. Um, I don't know. What What about the military, Moxie? I know. I heard this. I know that we're way off a of topic here, but I heard this thing today. They've They've done a survey, and you always – you always question where these sur- everybody's doing surveys. I could do a survey and then, but it wouldn't mean anything, but they're saying <laughs> that a large uh, part of the Republicans in this country, uh, I think it was something like uh, 80 plus percent um, would vote for Donald Trump. If he ran again in 2024 would or would not would oh. Republicans now just Republicans. Um Supposedly, the support for Biden is still over 50 percent in this country uh, with all the stuff that's going on. But uh, there's also a lot of people that are unhappy with it, especially with uh, uh, the crime and the violence in this country. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really don't. In my heart, I don't think Donald Trump's going to try to run again. But, <laughs> you know. I also didn't think last year he could lose. So what do I know? He'll be 78 in 24. Well, uh, Biden's already proved that age doesn't matter. (laughs) But no, I think he's proved that age really does matter. (laughs) Except except with Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Donald Wayne. Oh, is it me? No. Oh, I, I guess I was asking for permission. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm through ex- okay. ex- pontificating or whatever. That, know, is that uh, is that the right word? Pontificate. <laughs> Pontificate. Yes. So, um, so it's it's funny what you said about crime a moment ago because the headlines tonight in the news was crime skyrocketing in American cities. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yeah. It was on one of those scrolling things across the bottom, you know? Oh, (laughs) those are hard to read. I know. I always catch the middle mid sentence and then it takes another couple of minutes for it to come back around. (laughs) Well, I was, um, we were been talking a lot about crime in Atlanta, but you know, crime in Chicago is something we pretty much hear every day. If if every Monday we get a, a rundown of how many murders or shootings or whatever on the news. I mean, there's so much talk about, you know, Chicago and, and the, and it's horrible what's going on up there really is. But so I kind of looked up something and compared Chicago to Atlanta. So, and I'm not going to go through all of this because I kind of started doing it by years. So I'm just going to do January to now in 2001. I mean, uh, 2021. Oh, okay. (laughs) 2001? (laughs) That was a space odyssey, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So in Chicago, uh, January to this time of year, uh, there was 195 murders, 865 shootings, 648 rapes, 2,218 robberies, and 1,576 aggravated assaults. Jeez. Yeah, that's like five, five well, almost five months. So in Atlanta, 
compared to their 195 murders, we had 44. They had 865 shootings. We had 243. They had 648 rapes. We had 55. Hmm. And they had 2,200 robberies. We had 260. And aggravated assaults, they had 1,500, and we had 800. But then Chicago has a population of two and a half, it's more than two and a half million people. And Atlanta is uh, half a million. Oh, really? I thought we were over a million. I say we, but... uh... It says compared to Atlanta's half a million residents. Hmm. I, I don't know. So... Again, um, so they're doing this per 100,000 population. So I'm going to Atlanta versus Chicago. So Atlanta had 900 per 100,000 population against Chicago's seven. So Atlanta had 166 per 100,000 population. 166 and uh, aggravated assaults in Chicago was 59. Shootings were 48 per 100,000. Chicago's was 32. Rapes in Atlanta was 11 per 100,000. Chicago was 24. Robberies, um, Atlanta was 51 per 100,000 and Chicago was 82. So, and these these are statistics from the different police departments, Atlanta yeah. and Chicago. And it's, so you're more likely to be a victim of violent crime in Atlanta. Well, I didn't realize that. I mean, they talk about Chicago all the time, how bad it is. So uh, we rarely hear them talk about Atlanta. Right. Because when you just look at the numbers, I mean, it makes sense that Chicago has 865 shootings because they have over two and a half million people. Right, right. And we have uh, 243 shootings at half a million people. So until you start breaking it down, Chicago obviously looks horrible. But then based on positive population yeah. the percentages are higher here in atlanta is what it's right. saying right i was really shocked you know i just and i i know that crime has gone up in atlanta uh in this last six months uh, and i don't know when all this changed per se i mean i i can look back um because i did 2020 at the same time but it really it i think on that one it was the rates uh chicago had higher rate uh that happened that's only one that was higher atlanta was higher on everything else crazy well you know and it wasn't maybe 10 or 15 years ago that there was a big surge of young people moving back into the inner cities or inner communities of atlanta uh, buying old houses you know that were built in the 30s and 40s because they wanted to be close in to all the things that go on downtown Atlanta. But now a lot of those people are, you know, are moving away because, you know, they can't get a handle on right. crime down there. But then, you know, uh, Atlanta, like some of the other cities, they 
they started uh, defunding the the police in in a manner uh, like that councilman who voted to take seventy million dollars out of the the police budget, and then a lot of police. And I, I saw an article where a lot of policemen are they're resigning from the police force in their various cities, or they're going you know they're going to other smaller cities where maybe they don't have the same issues to deal with because you know they're tired of being abused and tired of being um, you know they don't know what to expect when they go to work. All right. Who they're going to be? They not only get attacked by the people that they're there to serve, they they get attacked by all the political figures in the town. Right, exactly. They have no support. I mean, and I'm sure they feel that way. But you know, when a councilman will stand up and and say that, and then they turn around and need you. They need you to come <laughs> find their car. I would say, I would love to have been the person to take that call. And, and as soon as he identified himself, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you you voted against uh, our budget, so uh, <laughs> we're not going to be able to help you out with this. Why don't you call one of those social workers you people seem to think <laughs> are going to be? Yeah, uh, these these cities, these uh, councilmen that want to use social workers to go out with police or or go out on some of these calls, you're going to have a lot of injured social workers if they go out there on some of these things that yeah, the police was do. It that suggested that, that they take uh, social workers with them? I'm thinking it's that, uh, uh, was it that Detroit mayor? She's she's the one yeah, that maybe says so. you weren't going to talk to any uh, white reporters. <laughs> wasn't that her? I think No, it that, was. that's the Chicago. That's oh, Lightfoot. Chicago. Lightfoot. Lightfoot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've I can't even imagine. Why why did she get elected? I mean, who was she running against? That well, not only that, but what is she trying to prove? What is the point to that? I don't know. That there's that that the journalists are dominated by people other than people of color. So she's trying to give them a break, the people of color. Let's give them the chance, she says. Well, but it's still it's, yeah, it's it's horribly wrong. It yeah. it's it's racism in reverse. Right. And if uh, you, if there's a problem then we need to fix it. We don't need to continue discriminating either exactly. way, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a shame everybody looks at color now. I mean it's Yeah. But the press is predominantly liberal anyway. I mean, all the major mainstream press, so I don't know why she would have a problem with the press and and of course, I'm not familiar with all the publications in Detroit, but. Well, maybe she's thinking if she's speaking with a journalist, uh, you know, that's of, of color, that they may not ask as hard of questions about, for example, things like black on black crime in Chicago. Um, she may get a pass. Yeah. If she has that kind of journalist, the topic may not come up. That's just my opinion i have no idea if that's it or not but kind of kind of makes sense in a way except to the point you say all the journalists are liberal anyway they probably wouldn't have asked her anyhow well <laughs> but, uh, i mean really i mean name uh, none of the major news organizations in this country have any conservatives on there that you you can uh, point at and say they ever get i mean fox is one of the few and you know um it's just of course, there's a lot of these little 
little uh, dot com people that have journalists that go out and, and ask questions and harder questions than most of the networks. Yeah, but I think I think they were one of the ones that said um, we need to start sending social workers out on some of these calls instead of uh, I, instead of police officers. And I believe they're the ones, and I could be wrong, but said um, uh, police officers shouldn't be armed when they do traffic stops. I believe it came out of Lightfoot's uh, office. It, it could have been one of the one. Uh, could have been another city, but yeah, that police officer shouldn't be armed when they do traffic stops because that intimidates people automatically. Well, tell that to the number of officers that have been killed mm-hmm. on the highways approaching cars. Um, and like that policeman on that interstate with that guy in the truck. Oh, uh, with the rifle? Yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. I, you know, if I was a, a policeman and I had to stop somebody on the interstate, especially if it was at night, I would have my gun drawn approaching the car. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know. It's a scary thing. I, I hate, I hate to see. Uh, I just don't, people don't understand how, how quickly that can turn bad. We've seen a number of videos where police officers have been shot mm. walking up to somebody's car, especially if there's multiple people in the car. I don't know how that guy in that pickup truck got that rifle out without being seen and then shot that officer anyway uh, and killed him and then went over, walked over and, and shot him again after he was on the ground and shot him in the head. So tell me that police officers shouldn't be armed uh, when they do traffic stops. I I know it, it may be intimidating, but uh, it's also dangerous. There's a lot of loony people driving around. Was that horrible Um, person caught? Well, uh, he was on the the dashboard cam, so you could plainly see who he was. Uh, they had his tag number and everything, so I'm sure he did. I don't, I haven't heard anything though. I haven't heard a follow up on that. Um, Moxie said one in our town a couple of years ago. Yes, yeah, just I mean I hate to see police officers at night stopping somebody by themselves. I hate to be driving by and there's one lone officer stopping a, a car at night, especially on uh, interstates or something by themselves. A lot of times they'll call for backup, but you know, mm-hmm. that's such a dangerous thing. It is. And I, I couldn't do that job. Nor We're could like, I be married to someone who did that job. Oh, you never know whether they're coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to do this. Did you have more on, on that, Crimson, about the the stats on that? No, I think I'm done. Oh, I wanted to do that quick thing because I had that little audio that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who's the, we were talking about. Antoine. Uh, who? And Antoine, the singer guy. Uh, no, it's Ancon. Akon. Oh, okay. Akon. Oh, <laughs> I was Akon. close. That was Anthony and Antone. And <laughs> oh, Moxie com- said, Moxie said her husband was a cop. Oh, yeah. I had a friend that was a cop. He was actually a motorcycle cop. Um, uh, in New York, no less, Moxie. 
BP says, don't say Beetlejuice. Okay. Three times. I don't know what that um, means. Did I miss, did I miss that? Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I missed a few people while we were talking. I think Benjamin, um, Musher, Roberto, Sky. What is skip, that? skip, skip, skip. That's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I get suckered into reading the yeah, wrong ones. And, yeah. I, and Dennis will say, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there was uh, another carjacking here in Atlanta about, about the same time. It's not a carjacking if you leave your keys I, in the car. I, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> no, you're gonna. You just. You just gave the punchline. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the singer Akon. Anybody know who's who's that is? Anybody no. know who Akon is? He had his SUV stolen from a uh, Buckhead gas station. If you're not familiar with Buckhead, it's one of the more older affluent areas of the Atlanta area. I mean. In times past, there are areas of Buckhead that's nothing but uh, strip joints and and uh, bars. But um, anyway, so Akon had his SUV stolen. Uh, let's see. I was looking at that thing that printed. Police are now searching for the suspect who stole the pop singer and producer Akon's SUV from a Buckhead gas station. All right. I'm not going to do the story here yet because I actually was listening to the radio today at lunch. And they said, when we come back, we're going to play an audio of Akon calling 911 when they stole his SUV. And uh, let me see if I can pull that up now. It's kind of funny uh, when he calls the 911 dispatcher because she kind of questions, you know, what his situation is. And while I'm looking for that, I'll just uh, hum. Hum. Where in the world did I get those pictures? Okay. Let me see if this will work. Um, I have to look at the image. Okay. All right. It, now it starts out at the, it's the radio announcer. So you have to bear with it a second. I think it's only about three minutes long. So, but Akon does come in and he starts talking to the 911 dispatcher. Like Atlanta's got some issues. Atisha Lance Bottoms may be not the best mayor for the city, especially when it comes to stopping crime. Uh, and one of the reasons is because not only did Antonio Brown, not the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the councilman running for mayor on a defund the police platform in Atlanta, not only was his car stolen yesterday, but two days ago, uh, R&B star Akon. Remember Akon? You guys know Akon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Akon's got the, he's got the smooth jams. Like, uh, don't matter, right? Oh, I love this song. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, I'm starting to, starting to sway a little bit. Josh is bobbing his head, yeah. Anyway, uh, he was in Atlanta. He was at a gas station, and he also had his car stolen. And as far as I know, he's not running for mayor on a defund the police platform. So you know what he did when his car was stolen? Tell me. He called 911. 
Wow. Yeah, except he, was, he had some confusion as to what was actually going on and where he was when he was, called 911. Was he under the influence? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, all I know was he was on the phone with the operator. Listen carefully. Uh, here's the 911 phone call that Akon made in Atlanta when his car was stolen the other day. Yes, how you doing? Yeah, I was just carjacked at the gas station for my Range Rover. And what gas station? What's the address? Uh, um, the, the, the gas station um, is 761 um, uh, Neiman's Market. Neiman's Market. I have a tracker. I have a tracker. Listen, 761 yes, Neiman Market is not a street in the city of Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So he tells her the address is what seven and Neiman Marcus, which seems like he may have just been at a Neiman Marcus or something. Although I think they went out of business. But she's like, "I'm sorry, sir, that is not a street in the city of Atlanta. You got to tell me where this gas station is." What's the address you're in? Yeah. Let's get a police that there to you. And what's the name of the gas station? Oh no, I'm sorry, ma'am. This is not the gas station. This is where my car is actually parked. Cause I have the track on it. What gas station you in? What car? Have you made a police report? Yeah, the police are on their way, but they've been on their way for a whole hour. And you said you were carjacked? Yes, ma'am. At gunpoint? No, I wasn't at gunpoint. Okay, so, so so now she's saying, where are you? What gas station? I'm not even at the gas station. I already tracked my car. I'm at the car right now where it is. Did you call the police? I did. They never showed up. And you were carjacked at gunpoint? Oh, no, not at gunpoint. That's not a carjacking. And this is where Akon gets schooled by the 911 call uh, operator as to what a carjacking actually is. What happened then? I was literally getting getting gas, and they just jumped in the car. And That's not a carjacking. That's not a carjacking. Oh, okay. Someone stole your car. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> 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 so, someone stole your car. Could you hear it? I don't know how good the quality of that was, but uh, <laughs> it's not a carjacking if if they didn't use a weapon. So, oh, which I, I didn't know that. I didn't really either. I mean, you hear that carjacking thing all the time, but, yeah. but I didn't know you had to have a weapon. I figured you took somebody's car. That's you jacked it, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Evidently, it's. It's just auto theft if you take it without using a weapon. So, Akon, but he was he was kind of timid about it when he she says, uh, "Well, that's that's not a carjacking. Your car was stolen." Okay, that's all he had to say about it. Sounded like but, a little boy that got in trouble at school. You know? I know. Well, and and see, and when he said the address of where he was, and was sir, that's not an address in Atlanta. He said something, something Neiman Marcus. Well, there is no. Well, it's Sydney Marcus. Hey, well, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, there is it's a Sydney, Sydney Marcus. It's Boulevard. Yep. But he wasn't there anymore. He had already used a low jack to find his car, so he was where his car. They oh, left it, oh. and he said, "Well, you know, I'd call the police, but you know that was an hour ago, and they haven't shown up. Well, probably because they're looking for you in that <laughs> Neiman Marcus Boulevard that you were talking about." So <laughs> Neiman uh, Marcus, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it. then the guy says, "Well, do they have Neiman Marcus anymore? Are there any Neiman mm -hmm. Marcus left in uh, Texas, Lej?" Well, you know, I really don't know because I don't <laughs> shop at that kind of store. <laughs> Yeah, it's, above my pay, it a of, pay grade here. <laughs> a little out, of, little out of your range. Well, you know, we used to have one or 
two here in Atlanta, but since I don't shop there, I don't know whether they're in business anymore. Well, or not. there was one at <laughs> Perimeter, <laughs> and then there was one at the the, the nice shopping center downtown. <laughs> Lennox Mall. Yeah. Was it Lennox? Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. I don't go to either one of those. I don't even go to a shopping center anymore. So yeah. I, who does? <laughs> but. Um, Gee, I'm going to kind of miss those uh, Neiman Marcus Christmas gift list. You know, they used to have that list they put out every year about the expensive gifts, you know, that you could buy somebody. Oh, the catalogs used to be something. Everybody used to wait for the Neiman Marcus catalogs to come out every Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. That was the big deal. Well, anyway, that was Akon. So his was a little bit more. I mean, the other one was funny just because it's ironic that, you know, the guy who wants to defund the police department ends up having to depend on them to help him out. But uh, Akon was a little bit funny about that. And uh, I just, you know, even when I go get gas, anywhere I get gas, if I even see somebody pull up that's looking at me strange, I'm, you know, I've got my keys in my pocket. Uh, if I'm in my truck, I have usually a few more weapons at hand, hammers and <laughs> crowbars and things that would scare most people. Well, uh, us women, we lock our car and take our keys when we pump gas because they can slide in and grab your handbag. That's right. Yep. I lock it now every time. And, you know, yeah, because of the videos we've seen, these guys open the passenger door and just stick their arm in and take your purse or whatever sitting there away. And then they kind of close the door a little bit and then they take off and you don't even know it. I mean, notice the two stories we talked about carjackings or stolen cars, whatever (laughs) you want to call it today, have been from men. Right, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, okay, all right. I'm so just saying. You, you just you just threw down the gauntlet here, so I'm I'm gonna say that oh that Uh-oh. there is uh, there's been some stories in Atlanta that women with kids in the car leave the car running, go in the convenience store, and then the, then they are amazed that somebody came and stole their car with the child in it. Now, there are a few videos that you'll see at gas stations where uh, people will, you know, steal the car and there's a child in the back and you see the woman, you know, running after the car or trying to hang on to the car, and those, those are sad, but uh, yeah, there's been there's been a number of uh, car uh, thefts, you know, from women. But, okay, um, I retract my comment. It's kind uh, of worse to have your kids stolen than your car. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just saying that's true. Well, that's I, there was one video where uh, this lady was just saying, you know, just let me get my child. You can have the car. Just let me get my child out of the car. And and actually, I saw one video where the thief did allow the person to get the child out of the car. So, you know, there is a good-hearted thief out there every once in a while. Well, and then I saw one where the thief dropped the kid off in the car seat down at the next block. <laughs> in the car seat still? And, yeah. Yeah, just set it outside the car. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't see how anybody could uh, steal a vehicle that that's got a child in it and and take that 
Um, yeah, take that risk of something happening to the child. Well, that's good. How could a parent? How could a parent leave the child in the car? I mean, that's the real question to me. It's just incredible. Yeah. The baby oh. was asleep, and the car was hot, yeah. so they had to leave the air conditioner on, and they just ran in to get what a pack of cigarettes, probably, <laughs> or our beer. Uh, uh, Moxie said, I saw one where the woman jumped on the hood and the guy took off. I think we probably saw the same one. Yeah. She was hanging on to the, where the windshield wipers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Uh, honestly, I don't think that it's bad as bad in the suburbs, at least not on the, uh, uh, what are we, the northwestern side of the Atlanta area? I mean, we always talk about being in Atlanta, Dennis and I do, but I mean, we're we're about 35 miles north of Atlanta. So, uh, but just, yeah, don't don't leave your kid in the car if you've got to get out <laughs> in, in, in this day and time. It's just not the same. Mm-mm. Not the same. I, and, and I, some idiot today, uh, I think it was today, some Congress, um, uh, was it a Congresswoman? I don't remember exactly now, but they were blaming, you know, they were talking about the rise in crime in the country. Uh, and then that recent shooting out in California, that horrible thing. Wasn't it in California where it? it was a, mm-hmm. a train? It was. Train, yeah. And, and, um, they said, well, you know, this is all because uh, Republicans are against gun control. They won't do anything about gun control in this country. And we were talking about guns the other night when Dennis Lee was here, some issue about guns. And and uh, someone t- uh, commented that, you know, criminals are going to get guns. So, you know, all this gun control that they talk about, there's still an element of our society that's always going to be able to get their weapons to do whatever they want to do whatever crime whatever well, bad thing do you really think criminals go to the gun store and buy guns <laughs> no I, probably, <laughs> probably not and if you've got a uh, if you've got a uh, record once you've been to jail or once you've been to prison you can't buy uh, a firearm anymore legally so you know repeat offenders they're not going to be able to buy something at a gun store anyway but, uh, yeah, they, they want to blame all this rise in crime uh, since last year and the fact that Republicans won't support reasonable gun control in this country. The, the key word you said there was reasonable. It's Because it, it really isn't reasonable for the reason you just cited. If you take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens who are only doing what's in our Bill of Rights to do, we have every right to own them. And if we take them away from the law-abiding people, the only ones that have it are the criminals. Exactly. So it's just ridiculous but, when they make those comments. It's just ridiculous. But you notice, at least I've never seen one, you notice there's never been, they never debate these issues. They never have a conversation with someone on the opposing side about gun control. It's always statements. It's always opinions about what needs to be done in this country regarding gun gun control. There's never been a, a public discussion about it, a debate. Uh, it's always just accusations, one thing after another. And then they always seem to uh, 
zero in on, on one particular thing like assault weapons, but then they don't really, um, and, and I have no desire to have an assault weapon, but, um, I, I think they don't really make their arguments clear about that. And really the purpose is just to take guns away from everybody because we're much easier to control mm. if we don't have any way to defend ourselves. And I hate, to, I hate to tell you that guy, Akon was talking about, you know, it was an hour and he hadn't seen a policeman yet after he called nine one one. Think about that. If you've got somebody prowling around your house at two o'clock in the morning and uh, you know, you maybe you're a little bit further away from a, a, a police station or something than somebody else and uh, take some 30 or 40 minutes to get there, even if it's 15 or 20 and you have no protection. It's just, it's not, not reasonable in this country that people can't have the means to protect themselves. And have you ever noticed that when there's the talk around the second amendment and what people want to do to it and that sort of thing, Whenever the talk gets really heavy is when we start seeing a lot of the large multiple casualty shootings around the country. It just seems to kind of cluster around as, no pun intended here, but ammo for those who want to take the guns away. The timing of it's just weird to me. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, if you've ever paid attention to it. But whenever the, t- the talk gets heavy about taking away guns from law-abiding citizens... We start seeing all these bad, horrible, horrific, horrible shootings. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't think it's coincidence, I guess, is what I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does make you wonder. Um, I, I just, like I said, they, but they don't have a decent conversation about it. I mean, everything gets blamed on the people's right to have guns. And then of course, you know, some Democrats, especially Biden says, well, I don't want to take every, every gun away from everybody, but you know, the legislature, if you look at the legislation they proposed, uh, there, there is ways in that legislation where you can, uh, severely restrict, you know, people that get firearms. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's there's people in this in this world and not just in our country that uh, have problems like this guy out in California. I mean, they were saying today that that he just hated his job and he hated the, the those people uh, at work. But he yet he didn't have any animosity against any one particular person. There is what they were saying. I don't know if that's true or not, but he hated his job and. You know, the guy has to be unbalanced for him to go do what he did. And there's all kinds of people with those kinds of problems running around. Not everyone's going to go out and do something like that. Well, and, you know, what you're saying is that we need to have some real conversations, you know, about what we need to do with assault rifles or with this or with that and actually have conversations and figure it out instead of, you know, everybody's so extreme right or extreme left that, and they just make a stand and nobody budges, you know, why can't we just have some conversations? Why can't they just talk and figure out things 
compromise, you know, the word compromise. Well, and, and, you know, that's, isn't that what the debates are supposed to be about when we have these debates where we we try to decide who we want to vote for, but how often do you ever get anything out of a debate that helps you make up your mind as far as, you know, something concrete, concrete issues. And even on the Republican side, we're, we're not very good about answering questions in debates that really provide you answers, but they certainly don't ever sit down at least in a public forum and talk about these things and try to find ways to, to solve the problems. If there are some issues there that need to be resolved, they, they should be talking about it. Well, for instance, homelessness. Why can't we have conversations, you know, starting at the state level and, and directly figuring out what to do for these people that's in the best interest of them and, and everybody involved or, you know, making things right it just is so frustrating to see so much money just being thrown around all the time and wasted and we've got a very serious problem in the united states that we don't even really address i mean it it should be on the first agenda in washington how do we fix this what do we do and throw throwing some money somewhere else is not helping and, you know, if you bring it down even to a lower level away from Washington, just, I mean, look at social media when somebody tries to ha- even put out an opposing opinion. Just, just, and I'm not talking about foul language now. I'm just talking about trying to have a discussion and stating an opposing opinion on right. whatever the topic may be. They're canceled. They're, they're right. you know, they're out of it. They throw them out. It's like there's only one narrative and there's not room for discussion or debate. And I think I think y'all are bringing up a really great point. We've got to bring that ability to have a, a, a courteous, intellectual discussion respectful. and debate about issues. Yeah. Respectful is another word, yes. Yeah. Well, we've tried a few times that we've, we've thrown out the invitation. Uh, I don't know if any liberals actually listen to Tristalk. But I would love to have a conversation or Dennis Lee and I have a conversation with uh, people with opposing views about uh, political issues and, and, you know, serious things uh, that there may be some um, areas of discussion that we could have. But uh, so far, we've only had one intoxicated person that called in and (laughs) and, uh, they weren't very... (laughs) (laughs) i missed that show yeah that was um not one of the finer moments but but it would be nice Uh, we would love to have some callers that would call in and and have a, a reasonable conversation about stuff and not not accusations and not you know mad not, about issues yeah, just no, just no talk anger. about it yeah you know there's no law in this country about disagreeing about things we used to be able to disagree and we still have life and we would still have friendships and and exactly. and, and relationships and now they they you know you hear it in the news all the time people are uh families are torn apart uh, in the last four or five years because of differences of political views uh, and neighbors so 
so and soon. neighbors. Yeah, people that have been friends for 10, 15, 20 years are all of a sudden enemies now. I mean, that's crazy. Donna Wayne, I remember one time, and it's been a long time ago, you had a caller from somewhere in England. Yeah. And, and you had a little bit of that going, and y'all were both very calm and, and courteous and respectful. And it was really an interesting show listening to y'all. I can't remember the subject I think that was, now, but at that time it was really good. I think that was Popsky, and I, I think he yeah. was. I think he was. Um, uh, yeah. He, didn't, he was a Trump hater, and uh, so he was. But he was, you know, he was not uh, aggravated. He wasn't upset. He was. I almost seemed like he was trying to prod me, but. Yeah, he, he, he was a Trump hater and he was trying to make his point. And, and that particular night, I think it was late or something. And I said, well, I'd love for you to call back. And I think he was a little bit under the, uh, a couple of drinks. Influence. Yeah. Over, over oh, was the he? line. Is yeah. That, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up that he was there. Yeah, I guess was, I'm so nice. So that's the one you were talking about. I did catch that show then. If that's yeah. the inebriated one. Okay. Yeah. So but, I'm wondering, you know, with everything that we see and hear from politicians, is there a politician or a couple of politicians that you can think that are that kind of person that that's ready to have some serious conversation? Does anyone feel that from somebody? There's one out of... Um kentucky called thomas massey i'm i can't remember if he's a senator or a congressman but anyway mm. he seems to have a very level head calm disposition he might be one i've never seen him in a debate hmm. but but he might be one well, well i really think if there's another yeah i mean unfortunately we we see some of the same ones all the time on on tv uh, on the news shows, especially at, I don't really know. Um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Moxie says, uh, that's yep. the Democrat, uh, ex was the Senator from, uh, Hawaii. Was mm -hmm. she a Senator or a, a Congress person? I can't remember. I can't but, remember. But yeah, either. I mean, yeah. And she's definitely a liberal, but yet she's, She's good on uh, foreign policy, though. Yeah, she. Uh, I was trying to think of what I want to say here. Anyway, she's not stuck on that side. There's been several things that have happened uh, in Congress since she left that uh, that she supported. You know, uh, the conservative side, or, or not wanted the liberals to go as far as they were trying to reach on this thing. She wasn't in favor of getting. She's not in favor of getting rid of the. Uh, uh, filibuster rule. She's not in favor of HR one. Several things in there, but yes, uh, and she was when um, Mayor Lightfoot came out about her interview change process. Tulsi Gabbard said she, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, should step down. But that was total. She called her out on it big time, which was the yeah, right, well, which was the right thing to do for for more than one reason. She. But, you know, that's, yeah. I don't know how she got elected. I honestly don't know. But when we elected some people here in Atlanta. But to go back to to your point um, or your subject, 
a minute ago, Crimson, about the homelessness thing. You know, what really makes me question, you know, um, our, our, our state and local governments is that they know this exists. And, and until you see something on uh, national news or somebody like Fox goes out there and, and takes pictures of all these people in San Francisco living on the street, I don't even know how in the world people move around in San Francisco without having to, to deal with that. Or in California at Venice Beach, like they had on the news the other night where some idiot council person down there thought it was a good idea to, to they wanted to give them permission, make it a law that they could camp on the beaches there in Venice beach. And, uh, you know, and of course they all have tents. I mean, I don't know where the tents are coming from, <laughs> but, uh, you know, instead of spending, uh, and I know I've said this before. So if any of y'all listen to this, me say this, but all that money we're spending, on issues on the border right now and that uh what was it biden set aside 2.3 million was it for housing the illegals that they were bringing across the border temporary housing they were putting them in motels and things like that right it was a lot uh 2.3 million how far would that go towards some homelessness issues here in the country for american citizens that need some kind of intervention to to help them change their lives and 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 what even really that's bad enough but the fact that we also have uh the numbers of uh veterans that are homeless is mm-hmm. staggering these people who who went over there and 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 risked their life and many of them come come home with with severe injuries um uh, and and they end up homeless and and we just we ignore it and we're worried mm-hmm. about people who I hate to say it don't belong here unless they do it the right way, but that's what we're spending our money on. That's what the people in Congress are fighting about right now. When, when in the world are they going to solve the problems we already have? We need to let two or 3 million more people come in here that, uh, you can't tell me all these people are going to be self-sufficient. So it's going to take taxpayer money to help them survive in this country until some of them can, you know, make a go of it. And uh, why isn't that money being spent on the people that are already here that right. have problems? That just mm-hmm. seems outrageous to me. Right. And, you, and, you know, when you point out that one particular subject, that is something that I think could unite a vast majority of the people. Really and truly, I do think, you know, I think we need to start focusing on issues that are united issues that we can we always talk about the things that divide us and nothing ever gets done right you know if people start talking about the things that we i mean we all have we don't all have but i think the majority of of just decent ordinary human beings out of care and love for their fellow human being should care about an issue like that right and they should. I mean, the only time we talk about it is, of course, we talked about it a lot this last year because of, of COVID issues. And they paid attention to more things than they paid attention to for years, except in the political cycles. Every election cycle, people talk about, you send me to Washington and I'm going to take care of this. Uh, 
you know, and they talk about uh, race issues in this country. They've been working on it since 1965. And we keep sending a lot of the same stupid people back to Congress that's that were around almost uh, that far back. <laughs> and they're doing everything but what they say they're going to do. Right. And, and then the next election cycle. Well, if you'll just send us back, we'll do this. And, you know, we, we really haven't been paying. I don't think we've been paying enough attention. I think we give these people too many chances to, to, I mean, how many chances do you give somebody to go do some, to do something they tell you they're going to do the first time? I mean, even in baseball, three strikes and you're out. I mean, why can't we apply <laughs> no. that to, right. to politics, right? But it's why we're always creating new issues for us to worry about in this country and all these problems that have never been solved. And Biden talking about all this infrastructure stuff that needs to be done. Why isn't that going on all the time? Why has it become a, a big political issue, you know, right now that we've got to spend trillions of dollars, which we know are going to be wasted anyway. Uh, they're going to be going for studies. They're going to be going for all kinds of different stuff that, uh, Oh, really very have small, no, yeah, very small have, amounts going have, to infrastructure. Yeah, having nothing to do with building bridges and, and stuff. You, you know, there's going to be just like the cylinder, and I'll bring cylinder up every time that Democrats talk about spending money because that's the kind of stuff you'll end up with. Yep. How, about, uh, how about all those shovel-ready jobs from yeah, another uh, administration, right? Um, <laughs> and, and I have two shovels, and that probably wasn't a shovel-ready job for me, but. Uh, Brandon, I, I, I see that you're trying to call in now. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't let you in tonight cause we're about 10 minutes from closing and I just, I don't, uh, you need to call in a little bit earlier in the show. Um, if you want to, well, let's see, it'll be Sunday night before we do this again. So, but I apologize. We just, we can't take callers after the last 15 or during the last 15 minutes, but yeah. The homeless thing, it, it drives me nuts. It's, it's, it's like watching, I see all these people in tents. And of course we, we've seen some in our area from time to time, there'll be people who, especially in the summer, you see it more in the summer, they'll be camped out in this little wooded area between, uh, you know, there where I 75 splits, you've got a North and a South bound section that there's a buffer zone in between them and uh, people will be sleeping in there at night. Then the next day you'll be, you'll see them walking up and down uh, the main main road up there with their backpacks or sometimes they'll be pushing a little cart. What are we doing to try to figure out what's wrong with these people's lives and what we can do to help them? Uh, we pass by them every day. And, you know, we really don't even have honest discussions about why, like you said, why they're out there and a lot of reasons. And I can't speak to this uh, too well because I don't know the timeline of when this happened, but they closed down a lot of mental hospitals and just turned a lot of those poor people out on the street. This was years ago, decades yeah, yeah, ago, yeah. They, when they closed the mental hospitals and just just force those people who couldn't do anything for themselves out on the street. I mean, how cruel is that as a, I don't know. It breaks my heart. Well, I mean, it obviously needs more funding, but you know, uh, politicians are very good about just 
shoving people in a dark corner until somebody discovers them and then they're forced to talk about them again. Think about what they're doing in California now. I, I saw another story tonight about this, that idiot uh, district of attorney in Los Angeles. Was his Gospo, Gusapo, or <laughs> you, you know the guy I'm talking about? That he's, they're not prosecuting people for theft, uh, you know, petty theft, I guess it is, or small theft in stores. And they were doing, uh, we talked about uh, Walgreens out there in San Francisco uh, uh, several months ago, uh, closing stores in San Francisco because of the theft in the stores. But the, the district attorneys out there, they're not prosecuting people for those crimes. It's so, the same thing in Dallas. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't know that. You, if you have a, if someone robs up to $750 from your shoplifts, items valued to that amount, they won't prosecute. So what does that tell people? <laughs> exactly. I mean, how does and what does it do for the small businessman? He'll be out of business in no time. Well, that's you know uh, this you one ten particular. But if you have ten people come in per day and and rob seven hundred and fifty dollars worth. Yeah, this one particular Walgreens, they're not even restocking the shelves because they're going to close the door when they when they, either everything's sold out or stolen out. Uh, you just can't let people do what they want to do. If you don't enforce your laws, you and then they wonder why. Crime is up. It, it's only. <laughs> and so, you know, why aren't people, I don't live in Dallas, but why aren't the people that live in Dallas raising hell about it? Or in whatever other, San Diego, wherever the other city you talk about in California. But, I mean, just craziness. Well, you know, I always, uh, I always love my Texas roots and I, and I love Dallas and I love growing up there. And it's uh, sometimes when I see what, what has happened there and, and since I've been gone it's just it, it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes to see how it things is. have changed but uh, that's it's you know it's just a typical big city that people uh, liberals take over and they just it's just it's unrecognizable I don't know if when you lived here if you went to Austin very often Austin used to be the mecca of CNW music right yeah, and um, it's it's like a little California now. You wouldn't recognize the city. Yeah, I I hear breaks my heart. I hear stories about Austin all the time, and and uh, it's it's like it's it's such a beautiful place for them to. Uh, I mean, they'll destroy it. Of course, part of that's the University of Texas. Part of it is the student there and we had a story about their outrageous demand i mean the students are trying to run uh, a lot of these universities now and tell them what they have to do um of course we've only got four minutes and 15 seconds till try uh till uh pop beam will cut cut us off <laughs> did well, I got a message. Is that what? It, yeah, I've got five minutes. So, well, it's been fun tonight. Um, Ellie J, thanks for calling. It was it was a pleasant surprise for you to call in and and yeah, Crimson. Ellie J, thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to talk to you, Crimson. It was fun, but thank you, Crimson, so much for helping me out tonight. You're welcome, um, Donald Wayne. It, it was fun. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation and, uh, and, uh, 
appreciate everybody that spent time with us. I'm actually not even going to have time to do the normal Dennis Lee thing and talk about all the, I mean, you know how to find us. <laughs> Made me a Dennis Lee on the content. Oh, oh, okay. I'm trying to read here and I shouldn't try to read when I've got four minutes and something, three minutes and something, but um, we appreciate everybody spending time with us tonight. And, um, uh, Hope you'll come back. We're back live on Sunday night. Uh, Dennis Lee also does his tall tales in the rabbit hole on Friday and Saturday now, I believe. And we should have maybe a mini pot or two in between now and uh, Sunday night. So thanks again. Thanks, Crimson. Everybody, uh, who's going to turn out the lights tonight? I guess, Crimson, are you going to turn out the lights? Oh, don't make me do anything else, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh, all right well i'll turn out the lights as i uh, go out with the uh empty beaches song so everybody hope everybody has a good weekend oh this is a holiday weekend too so hope everybody has a good holiday weekend and uh hope y'all come back on sunday Whoa, I got that up there a little loud. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Stay safe.